Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Yep. Hello and welcome to Funny Books with Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. Well, Paul, yes, I know that you have been crazy busy this week watching all of the Disney Plus, you know, uh, pony shows and <laughs> princess shows. And I, I don't know what's on Disney Plus other than the Star Wars Marvel and everything Frozen. But I know that you have been you've been wearing your little princess tiara. And uh, I, that's your alarm telling you it's time to go watch yeah, another go, princess. Go. Show, it right? is. It is. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually did watch Frozen last night in preparation course, uh, for Frozen 2. You, you want to, you wow. want, you want to well, sing me a song, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Let it go, Aaron. Um <laughs> No, I, because I, I, Frozen Two comes out this Friday, and I didn't, and I wanted to refresh my memory. So I was out of town on work travel this week, and I, I got somehow hooked on watching The Good Place, which is on Netflix. And so uh, I flew into Vegas this week on Tuesday. Have you not heard of The Good Place? It's ringing a bell. I'm just, it's I'm, got I'm not Kristen I'm Bell not, and Ted Danson. Yes. Thank you. Okay. It is, yeah, I know of it, but I've never seen any it of it. It is excellent. Um, you know, it's something that I had no interest of when it first started, even though I like both actors. Um, but I'm like, yeah, it just looks like a sitcom. It's actually just a, it's a dramedy, but it's a fantasy show. Like it's, it's, it is very much um, like a serial s- storytelling. Um, like they, they've been telling the same story. Uh, they're on their fourth year and this is their fourth and final year that's airing right now. Um, but it's actually just like a, a good, well-told fantasy story with a lot of humor. I, I actually highly recommend it for for both Wayne and you, Aaron. Um, all three, se- all the first three seasons are on Netflix. It is very easy to get hooked on it. Mm. Um, the characters are all likable. The fantasy elements are are really well told, especially as it gets towards the end of the first season and into the second and thir- third seasons. Um, I think you'd actually really like it. So anyway. So I, I got caught up on that, like, so I, you know, I downloaded the, the, the first three seasons, and because the episodes are only 20-something minutes, I was like, all right, I'm going to plow through this before Disney Plus starts, because once Disney Plus is on, I'm going to be watching that. Um, so Disney Plus launched on Monday evening um, instead of Tuesday morning, so I was actually able to watch Mandalorian on Monday evening. And uh, yeah, to your point, I haven't watched any Pony shows. I did watch Frozen, so I can't say anything about the princess. Uh-huh. I downloaded the first season of the new Ducktales and started watching that. Uh-huh. Um, but I've I've seen Mandalorian the first two episodes twice now. So uh, that's the second per- your second person I've heard mention downloading things and then watching it. And I'm wondering if that's just something you don't have the option of with the PlayStation app because I haven't seen a way to download. Because uh-huh. I would definitely do that because. M- Disney now, Plus, you, the first week, has had a lot of connection issues. Are you downloading to your iPad, Paul? Yes, I'm downloading to yeah, my iPad. That's the, It's the device, is what it is, yeah. would ah. be my guess. Because yeah. Same thing with Netflix. I mean, I can't download to my Xbox on Netflix, but I can download to my iPad on Netflix. Yeah. Hmm. And so, you know, I downloaded to watch them on the plane or, you know, to not worry about... I have not had the connectivity issues that you've had, Wayne, but I downloaded Mandalorian just to be safe because I figured there would be. Um, yeah, but I haven't had any issues. But they did say that you know, um, once you download the stuff, you have it. Like even if it expires at some point, um, yeah, like and you're not streaming it; it's local, and yeah. so you wouldn't run into some of the same issues. That first day, 
I would say over half of the first day, you couldn't watch anything because it would just pop up an yeah. error message that was either Mickey Mouse, which is the one I usually got, or Wreck-It Ralph that was huh. saying it couldn't connect to the server. Which is funny. And like I it, said, no issues here. So I have been uh, researching you know, the bundle that I want. Cause I, the, the bundle that they're selling for, I guess, 1299 a month is, you know, Disney plus Hulu and something else, ESPN plus, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, um, uh, the, the bundle comes with the ad version of Hulu. And I, I just can't bear the advertisements. If you Google um, it, there is a way to get the bundle. With there is. And yeah. that's what I was going to say is that uh, what they do, with the, with the, the, what the bundle gives you is essentially credits you $6 a month. Yeah. And so what they do is you can buy the premier version of Hulu and, and you're going to pay for, you're going to pay that full price, but then they're going to apply a $6 discount. Like yeah. you did the other one, but you're just going to pay a little bit more. So that's probably what I'll do, but they don't have it. They don't have it where they don't have a TiVo app for it yet. Oh, and the only way that I would have to watch it, because, you know, one site I read said that you could get Disney plus as a channel within Hulu. And that does not actually appear to be the case. Cause that's what I was going to do because I've got an app for Hulu for TiVo. Um, so my only option right now is to Chromecast and good. God in heaven, I hate the Chromecast. I do too. I do too. It is so slow, you know, and you're just like, come on, catch up to what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Drives me nuts. I hear. And so, I mean, I get, so can I just bitch for just a second about the uh, TiVo community boards? (laughs) Because I was was figuring out, I was like, you know, somebody's got a solution to this, right? And so I'm out there and you've got these. I was saying, is the answer everyone tells you just go buy a fire stick? Because I well, am I mean, sick of getting that answer for. Uh, yeah, I, it was it was similar. It was like, go buy a fucking Roku, and I'm like, kiss my ass, you son of a bitch. And it's always these guys saying that TiVo's a lousy streaming box, and I'm like, you know, I don't know what you're saying because everything else streams awesome on my TiVo. You know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with with the fact that streaming, other than the fact that Disney doesn't appear to want to write an app for the three quarters of a million TiVo subscribers that are out there. And you know, I get it. They opened up with 10 million. Uh, uh, subscribers, but you know, I figure at some point they're going to go. Okay, we'd like some of those subscribers that are over there that are TiVo owners. It'll yeah. just be a lot. Yeah, because every time I complain about the DC Universe not being on PS4, the uh-huh. very first reply I get, and usually a couple people will be, uh-huh. go "But you can buy a Fire Stick for twenty bucks." Yeah, like, I don't want to go buy a device I have no interest in. Right. To pay for a service to stream. Well, and and I and. My solution on CBS All Access was that uh, Amazon Prime started offering CBS All Access as a channel within Prime, and that works out perfectly for me. Um, I, I, I sort of anticipate because Amazon has uh, Disney Plus on its Fire Stick that at some point they'll have it on Prime as well. I'm sure. but. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just like I'll just wait. And there's there the only content out there that I'm really aching to see is Mandalorian, and I figure by the time I I I, I get what I need, I can watch the whole damn season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. once once I got into it, I have to say I was overwhelmed by the amount of content in there. I spent at least an hour going through adding things into my personal playlist. Yeah. The '90s X-Men and Spider-Man. Uh, it's, some of the Disney shows from like my childhood, like Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. 
Yeah. I've watched multiple yeah. episodes of that. You know, there's DuckTales on there, Darkwing Duck. Uh, but then there's movie-wise, there's a lot of movies that just I haven't seen in years. Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the computer wears uh, tennis shoes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got all sorts of like fun classic movies, um, you know, classic Disney movies, I should say. Well, and for new content, uh, I know there's multiple shows that they've launched, but uh, even besides Mandalorian, the world according to Jeff Goldblum is so good. Is it? I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it was good. Yeah, I've only watched the first episode on uh, sneakers, but I enjoyed it a lot. Paul, did you see that the new season of Toys that? Uh... The toys that made us has, has come out. I Ooh. did. Yeah, I did not. It's got Ninja yeah. Turtles and Power Rangers and some other shit. Yeah. Oh, I know what yeah. I'm going to be binging then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, due to my healing ribs, I'm uh, not sleeping very well. So you know, I've been getting up anywhere between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. every morning, and uh, which has afforded me a lot of time to watch things I haven't had uh, time otherwise to watch. Like I'm two seasons into uh, Batman Beyond on HD, and which I just, I, every time I watch an episode, I'm like, God, I've forgotten how good this is. Right. Um, well, now you can watch The Good Place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I watched uh, all 18 hours of the country music uh, documentary. <laughs> oh, how was that? When I, record, when I recorded it, I was like, I am never going to have time to watch this, <laughs> not knowing that uh, I would break some ribs and have plenty of time to watch it. That's so, tough, I especially started, because it's Ken Burns. I'm surprised it doesn't put you to sleep. Oh, but, I, I got to tell you, it's fantastic. Really? What huh? I started that binging was, the- was uh, everyone at work told me that I should watch Mr. Robot. So I've started watching the first season of that, and that's a, that's a hard show to get into. Yeah, it was. What was particularly interesting is because I work in information security now, uh-huh. and uh, that was everyone uh, that I work with all had watched the show and loved it. So right. I start watching it, not quite sure what to expect, and uh, it's very interesting from a technical standpoint, but it is a difficult show to follow because you've got a seriously unreliable narrator and you have no idea what's real and what's not while you're watching it yeah well you know uh, last thing before we uh you know leave this topic um el camino the uh sequel to breaking bad oh yeah uh, hit hit netflix several weeks ago and so uh, i watched that right and I was like, eh, I feel like I need to go back and watch the last season of Breaking Bad. So I'll watch that. And I was like, eh, I feel like I need to go back and rewatch the entirety of Breaking Bad, which I have done. Now I'm going to rewatch El Camino again. But uh, El Camino was good. El Camino was good. Yeah. Well, but, maybe know, it'll it, be it better is, the second time. It has. Well, I, I liked it the first time, but I felt like there was a lot of stuff I, I wasn't catching because it had been so long. Because I only watched Breaking Bad the first time it was on and never did a rewatch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I felt like there was a lot that, that I didn't catch. And sure enough, as things are happening through the series, as I'm rewatching, we're, Oh, that's their talking about. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That's his tarantula. <laughs> you know I mean? Just things like that. But, uh, you know, I tell you, you know, when you're only sleeping three, maybe four hours a night, you got lots of time to catch up on, <laughs> on media. content. Yeah. So, uh, spoiler free review of Mandalorian. Uh, huh. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It really is. I um, it, I have to say, I've never been impressed with Boba Fett as a character. Well, yeah, he does. And he accomplishes almost nothing. In, exactly. Uh, movies. Yeah. And he seems utterly like he 
he's not competent in what he's doing. And within the first five minutes of Mandalorian, this character does far more than Boba Fett did in three movies. Now, as the episode goes on and into the second episode, he's not quite as amazing, awesome as he is in that very first scene, but he still is doing more. Yeah, it's it's it is a really well done show, and I, I think we're trying to stay spoiler free. Um, yes, but I will say, you know, it, it is it's going to be hard to stay spoiler free for yourself, Aaron. But there is quite a big twist at the end of episode one um, that, that sets the up, entire series will be about. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. hard to avoid that that twist. But it is it is it genuinely surprised me. Yeah. Um, Same here. And I, I, I think it's fantastic. I, I the, the robot bounty hunter was uh, yeah. amazing. And so the first episode is directed by um, Dave Filoni, and the second episode is directed by Rick Fam- Famuya Famu Famuyima, um, who was supposed to direct the Flash, the the DC Flash movie, for a number of years before dropping out. Um, just like every other director who's supposed to direct that huh. Flash movie. Uh, but the, I, I would say the, the the second episode is shorter than the first, but also stronger than the first. Um, it's it is you know there are people out there who are like oh it's the best Star Wars thing since Last Jedi, and I'm like some total including credits and the recap, we've got like an hour and eleven minutes worth of television, so I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Um, right. The first episode's thirty nine minutes. The second episode's thirty two minutes. So let's not go and all let's not get all crazy and say that you know Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau need to take over the Star Wars universe from Kathleen Kennedy. But I will say from <laughs> the first hour that they produced, it has been uh, really excellently done. High production values. Um, you know the the only qualm I have, the only thing that that has bugged me about the series. And this is a slight spoiler, but nothing that's going to ruin anything for you, at least in the first two episodes. God damn, this dude needs a jetpack. Because there is <laughs> so much walking in the first two episodes. Yeah. I'm like, I hope he's wearing comfortable shoes. Because he is doing a lot of walking. <laughs> it is it is seven, or an hour and seven minutes, or 11 minutes, of epic walking. <laughs> there is a lot of walking. Yeah, and Aaron, the uh, also not really a spoiler, but... Uh, the first mission he goes on, you know, outside of the first five minutes is to Tatooine. Mm. So it's not just walking. It's walking on a desert planet. Right. Lots of walking. But, you know, great cast. Um, you know, we've already seen Carl Weathers, Taika Watiti, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog, um, Nick Nolte, like just within the first two episodes. Uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where the story goes. I believe it's eight episodes, maybe ten. And if they're roughly about a half hour each, you know, it, we're, it's it's probably like a four hour commitment when it finally does finish. Um, and I hope it keeps the same strength it has. Uh, it, it changes. They'll have different directors for every episode. I think Dave Filoni, I think a couple of them direct two episodes, but I know um, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing an episode. Uh, Taika Waititi is directing an episode. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, It has a concept that is very intriguing to me, especially given the time frame in which it takes place, which is between um, Empire or between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. It kind of opens up a lot of possibilities, and you you're wondering how those will play into Episode Nine. Yeah, I love the even the finance conversation of you know 
here, I'm paying you an Imperial credits. And he's like, those mean nothing anymore. The Empire's not around. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, if, if you're, there's 10 million people who watch this shit. So we don't, we probably don't need to tell you to watch it. Right. It, it but it is, if, if you are even on the fence about it, it is certainly worth it. And Disney, if you're a Marvel fan, um, a Star Wars fan, or any or any type of fan uh, of anything that Disney owns, it's certainly worth um, getting invested in Disney Plus. Inclusive of National Geographic, there's a lot of great National Geographic stuff, including the Academy Award-winning free solo movie, is on there. Um, so it it is just an endless supply of uh, of stuff to watch. Yeah, and one of the next ones for me is I uh, added to my list the Imaginarium, or Imagination, whatever they call Imagineering it. Imagineering Story? Yes. Yeah, I hear that that's good. That looked really good. It's a documentary on behind the scenes at Disneyland and taking you into the tunnels underneath Disney, and it just looked looked like it was something I would really enjoy. Well, John Carter's on there, just putting that out there. Um, so is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. But I will say... The the, the rab- like both of those movies. <laughs> yeah. But the rabbit hole that I'm gonna get stuck in is a film that I watched so so many times as a kid. Flight of the Navigator. Oh, that's a good movie. I, I, like I, movie. I, I watched that film so so many times yeah. as a kid. And, and the Rocketeer's on there as well. Yep, and all of the maybe not all, but quite a few of the Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there, there's just a ton of great stuff on here. So I'm looking forward to to really. I mean, as far as content that I've watched, I've only really watched, like I said, Frozen, and The Mandalorian, and some Ducktales so far. Those were th- three of the things I was most looking forward to. Um, but you know, it, it has so much stuff that I enjoyed as a kid. Uh, you know, cartoons, Disney shorts, and stuff like that. And it's the the price is right. It's it's half the cost of Netflix. Um, or if you got in early, or if you get a bundle deal, it's even cheaper than that, and it already has more subscribers. So. Yeah, and way more content than like Netflix has a lot of content, but I couldn't spend an hour just going through tagging things that I want to watch on Netflix at this point. Yeah, so highly recommend Disney Plus. Yep, and, and, and Paul has spoken. Yeah, and Paul has spoken, and uh, since. We're kind of talking about Star Wars and, and galactic stuff. We should, uh, yeah, figured it, it would probably be good to um, to move into the, the big galactic book this week, which is a mind-bending mystery at the edge of the universe. Uh, DC's Young Animal, issue one of Far Sector. Uh, we talked a little bit about this at the end of last week's episode. Um, Young Animal is the Gerard Way imprint or pop-up, whatever the hell they're calling it, at DC. Um, but he's not the writer of this book. It's uh, from the author of the fifth season, N.K. Jameson, and the artist of Naomi, Jamal Campbell. And this is a... It's funny because, you know, I don't think of Young Animal as connected to the DC Universe. But this is... It's it's a Green Lantern book, essentially. Um, You know, in in a sector that we're unfamiliar with, with a Green Lantern we're unfamiliar with. And I know, Aaron, you didn't get a chance to read it yet, but because you were too busy watching... uh, Breaking Bad over and over. Over and over again on a continual <laughs> loop. You don't even know, but he's rewatching episode one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got it playing in a small window over here in the corner. Yeah, in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so if his, if his audio quality is not great, you know why. Um, but, uh, but Wayne and I did. And Wayne, you know, before the show, it sounds like maybe you didn't care for this book. No, I hated it. Really? Yes. Um, so 
let me list the things I hated about this book. Ooh, there's a list. Yes. First is the main character. We have yet another Green Lantern from Earth because she's mentioning things like New York and things. But we don't have any origin to find out how she got the ring, how she got assigned to the sector in the middle of nowhere. But it's another human with the ring when they could have done any number of it could have even been an alien that looked human. But here's another human that is, to be honest, a really bland human that doesn't have much personality at all, you know, given the ring, sent to a planet where their solution to their ongoing wars was, you know, let's get rid of everyone's emotions, which is a it was a really lame concept, to be honest, with how it was implemented. Especially when you have these characters that don't really come off like they're emotionless. Uh, I, I didn't think that's like... the point. And so it's funny because everything that Wayne is saying is everything I loved about the book. Yeah, I didn't like the design of the city at all. Uh, the designs just were not, they were not appealing. Uh, I didn't care for the art in the book. Oh the God. mystery did not, <laughs> the mystery did not at all hook me in any way. It's like it, I was excited about this book from the premise, and there was nothing that I liked about it at all. That is crazy because literally everything you said is everything I liked about the book. Um, you know, the concept that they, they these these worlds were at war, and what they did to resolve it is they basically said, "All right, well, we're just not going to show emotion anymore." But I think that the, the, what they show in the book is that that's fundamentally flawed. They're just a powder keg waiting to happen. Um, and, you know, there's this first murder that's happened in years because of the nature of, of their laws and, and that kind of thing. Um, I just, murder I, or dinner. Yeah. I, and and the art, I thought the art was beautiful. I, I, I gen, and, and perhaps my expectations were low because I read that Black Stars book last week. That was so totally offensively bad. Perhaps I, I, I was just like, oh, well, this isn't as bad as that. But I think it was more than that. I, I, I actually quite enjoyed this book. This is a Green Lantern book that I, I wouldn't mind reading. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing where it goes. I, I, I'm on board. And you know, hopefully, Aaron, when you read it, you'll like it. So I have someone to talk up to about it. Um, <laughs> because I, I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was well done. I thought the, the lead character was fun. I don't need to know her origin story. I mean, I'm sure it'll play out somewhere in issue two or three, you know, as is these the cases in many series like this. But uh, everything I've read so far, the the science fiction of it was interesting to me. The characters, the races, the character designs. I'm I'm on board. I, I it's a hell of a lot better than what we're than any Green Lantern book I've read in a while. Well, I'm I'm glad that that. Uh... You know, there is a book this week that somebody could say something positive about. Yeah, because this is because that's the I end suspect. Of it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think that the, that the rest of the books that we're going to talk about are uh, uh, at a minimum disappointing. Uh, I will say that at the at the other end of that, wildly enraging. Yeah, um, I yeah, think the, we're gonna. The books that I really enjoyed reading this week were ones that I picked up on sales that were older. Yeah. Oh, well, the next three books we're going to talk about are not just. Yeah, I, I would say they're one of them is aggressively ag- ag- angering. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, the other two just kind of sucked. Yeah, 
Well, and let, let's kick off with with the first of those, and that's Event Leviathan number six, concluding uh, this portion of the Leviathan sa- saga. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, re- key, key focus on this portion. Correct. Yeah, because there's another Leviathan thing, you know, Event Leviathan 2 uh coming coming later in 2020 uh, 2020 right yeah i think it's it's, it's like february 2020 is yeah. when it starts um leviathan but, dawn but uh you know if you'll if, if you hop in the wayback machine when paul and i were talking about issue five we were both uh a little surprised that the major reveal because that's what this whole thing has been about who the fuck is Leviathan? Who has crushed all of these intelligence organizations and terrorist cells? Uh, who has consolidated all this power that's put the Justice League on their heels? Who could it possibly be? And they reveal that it's man, uh, Manhunter. That it is a Manhunter. And, you know, Paul and I were both sort of underwhelmed by that because neither one of us give a shit about Manhunters uh, in the DC universe. And... We were like, well, maybe that, maybe that's not what it is. Maybe it's something else. No, no, it is Mark Shaw, the '80s '80s Manhunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah right? '80s Manhunter. Yeah, and you know he's popped up in books since then, but I mean, but nobody cares. Nobody gives. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares. Like you know, I think everyone was hoping it was Red Arrow or um, God, the guy's name escapes me, but the one from um, the one that Wonder Woman broke his neck. During, uh, oh, uh, Max Lord. Max Lord. Yeah. And I think everyone was hoping it was someone like that. Uh, you know, that Red Arrow really wasn't dead from the, the events of uh, Crisis, Heroes in Crisis. But no, no, it's it's Mark Shaw. Someone know. I mean, it is just the most disappointing reveal ever. And, and Bendis did the shit that he used to do in Marvel that aggravated uh-huh. me so much. Which is that he had build up, build up, build up, build up for five issues, and then the sixth issue was told in retrospect. Yeah, it was just like the end of uh, uh, Secret Invasion, right? Yeah, exactly. That last issue of Secret Invasion, where they just tell you everything that happened versus showing you. Yeah, and that's ex- and it just takes the 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 steam out. You know, it yeah. just it just immediately relieves the pressure. And I, I, I sat there through this whole book going. This is a giant turd. Yeah. And which is really hard to say when you've got such a talented team of Bendis and Maleev. Uh, and it started so was, strong, I yeah. will say. You know, not just the event Leviathan, but also that um, Leviathan Rising one shot and, and the action comic stuff that's been leading up to it and the Lois Lane book, like, and the Jimmy Olsen book. They all came out of this. Yeah. And it sucked. God, it was terrible. The, the, the was, ending was, was genuinely bad. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, it was just, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, I, I don't care about Mark Shaw, but maybe they'll stick the landing. You know, because I do think that, that part of Bendis' mission uh, at DC is he's trying to revitalize some old characters. I mean, that's the reason why he's using Rose in the Legion book. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's trying to, I want to find that character that people have forgotten about, people don't care about, and, and make them interesting. You know, he did a lot of that over at, at Marvel, right? Um, and to great effect. Um, I mean, he really, he's, re, you know, there, there is a reason why you're watching a, a, uh, a, a Luke Cage Netflix TV show, regardless of the quality of the show. But there's a reason why that, that show exists. And it's because Brian Michael Bendis uh, brought that character up to, uh, 
to you know current comic book storytelling measures. Um, you know, got rid of the tiara, got rid of the uh, the yellow shirt. You know, there he has been very successful at this kind of thing. I'm not enjoying what he's doing so far uh, in terms of these character rehabs. Well, I was, uh, I, I was until like the last month or two, right? Yeah, no, I mean, Event Leviathan had all the, just like Secret Invasion, had all the, the, the characteristics of being a great story. And then he shit the bed. Yeah. I mean, this, it has the, I mean, I'm sure there are people out there going, oh, Secret Invasion's awesome. That ending is awesome. No, <laughs> no, because it, it, it flies in the face of, of, you know, conventional wisdom, which is show, don't tell. And that's exactly what they've done here, as they've told. Yeah, it it is it it is un, unfortunate that all this buildup essentially led nowhere. All right, yeah. the the well, the, it, it it led to the sequel to Event Leviathan. Yeah, Event Leviathan two coming to a comic book shop near you. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> two years worth of buildup almost um, for this Leviathan storyline for no payoff other than the reveal of Leviathan. And it'll pay off, I guess, in Leviathan 2 or maybe Leviathan 3. Who the hell knows? Um, just very, very disappointing. Uh, yeah. you know. They, and on the flip side, I like the buildup that happened with Zod. Sure, we had to have Rogel Czar and that shitty character um, pop up. But, I, you know, there have been good moments gleamed or gleaned from, from the shit. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I like what, what Bendis has done with Zod. And, and the creation of, you know, new Krypton and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there have been good moments, but... No, I agree. Un- unfortunately, Superman 17, we're going to have uh, the Bendis twofer, is is also not a good book, despite having I, beautiful art by Kevin Maguire. And last thing on this book before we jump over there, uh, Leviathan will return in Action Comics number 1018 okay. and Leviathan Dawn number one. Mm-hmm. But I, but I believe you're correct that Leviathan Dawn number one is uh, uh, February. Anyway, but yeah, so that book sucked. And uh, Superman number 17, as Paul was, was, was saying, is a, a lovely book. The, the artwork is gorgeous. Yeah. You and, know, the, <laughs> Aaron has spoken. Um, yeah, I, that, that is the only nice thing I have to say about this book, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, same here. It is, it's another steaming pile. This is a, another, so Superman number 18 is the big reveal, supposedly, you know, that Superman's going to tell the truth. That There's two rumors going around. One is that it's going to be a full reveal, you know, of Clark Kent as Superman. The other one is that he's going to reveal that Clark Kent was basically a cuckold. Like that, that Clark Kent, you know, it, it, that Clark Kent and Superman are still two separate people, but Superman is Lois Lane's real husband, whereas Clark Kent was the, you know, was just her husband in public I, to keep the I secret. I think what safe. they ought to do is say it's a thruple, right? A thruple. Yeah. <laughs> they should just go the, 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 the Cyclops Wolverine Jean Grey with it. That's right. That's right. right. They should totally, they should totally do that. You yes, know, so. that, that, that Lois, Lois likes to get some. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I, I think one of the big problems with this book is that you know DC did that thing that DC and Marvel do now, which is they've kind of revealed where the story's going already. Yeah, and so we know that his identity is going to be revealed or something along those lines next month, and so this whole thing of I'm going to tell the truth really 
pull that that sucks all the 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 drama out yeah. of what's going on here because if you didn't know that was coming, you'd be going, "Well, what truth is he talking about?" Yeah, I, honestly, but, this could have been the t- the first ten pages of issue seventeen of issue eighteen. Yeah, like th- this 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 book really could have been condensed down and just been him telling people that he's about to tell the truth, and then we get the the payoff well, of it. And here's what I don't understand: is he says to uh, Supergirl. You're the one that this is going to affect the most, and I need to talk to you about this. And so he's he, he's you know queuing up that conversation with Supergirl, but isn't Lois Lane the person that this is going to affect the most? Yeah, or, or, I yeah. mean, it would affect his son if his son hadn't already left to go to the future and right. been removed from the book. Well, his son was homeschooled anyway, but I think Kara still <laughs> has some semblance of you know a, a public persona. Uh, as, John as far... was going to that little academy with Damien, by the way. Oh, that's he was right. not homeschool. He was going to <laughs> private school. Fair, but um, but I don't think anymore, given he's been away from the world for months. Well, and I don't understand why CPS hasn't been out to visit the Kents. Yeah, hey, exactly. Your son? If your if your kid went missing like that, they would have been required as uh, you know. Uh, 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 required reporters to report that information. Somebody should have been out to the Kent house going, Hey, where the fuck is your little boy? Yeah. Well, maybe it's during summer child murderers. <laughs> I don't know. It's it. So issue 17 was just a big bundle of nothing. And I, and I think that's my main issue with it. It's a big bundle of nothing. Uh-huh. I did like the page with Zod though. I'll, I, I do have another nice thing to say. I liked the page with Zod. I like what's, I like what they're doing with Zod. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm concerned that it's a setup to just for Zod to go bad again. Um, but hopefully they'll, they'll, you know, they'll stick with Zod in this, you know, role for a little bit. Well, you know, I think we've been on a progression here with event Leviathan and Superman, you know, event Leviathan was bad. Superman number 17 was worse, but if you want to get to the biggest pile, the most steamingest pile, let us talk about X-Men number two, by uh, Jonathan Hickman and Laniel Yu. Because, Paul, if this hadn't been on my iPad Pro, I'd have thrown that shit across the room. Yeah. I will tell you, I'm out. Yeah, after this hard out. I'm out. Hard out. I'm out and on the Hickman. I, I and I feel re- bad saying that. Maybe I'll pick it up in, in trade or in dollar books. But uh-huh. as, far as, as far as X-Men becoming mandatory reading... Uh-huh. I have yeah. literally, you know, I, I was all in on Powers of Ten and House of Ten uh-huh. and then X-Men number and, one. And, and I out. thought those were great reads. Let me just back up a second. I loved Powers of Ten and House of Ten, and I really enjoyed X-Men number one. Now, you weren't here for that conversation. Eh, I was mad But, on uh, it. you know, I, I, I acted as uh, Tim's X-Men Sherpa. Uh, for that because he didn't understand you know what Jonathan Hickman was talking about and it was very powers of 10 and and house of 10 is very much required reading to understand anything that was going on in x-men number one but the reason why I as a habit do not read x-men books is that there are so many tie-ins across all the titles and with so many x-men books uh, out there you just I mean it if you were going to re- read all those books, you'd have to give up everything else, or have Paul Aponte uh, levels of money. I have because... Paul Aponte levels of money, and I don't, and I can't afford all the X Men <laughs> books. And, and but... I'm gonna, can I just read this 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 paragraph real quick? Because um, uh-huh. I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So on page, I don't know, three or four. Uh, one, two, three. On page three, 
of X-Men number two. You know, there's the little summary, you know, that leads into the story of the book. Mutants around the world are flocking to the nation of Krakoa to be a part of the first mutant society. But since the assassination of Charles Xavier in X-Force number one, their sense of safety has been shattered and the island is on lockdown. Who the fuck read X-Force number one? Yeah, not me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I bought 12 issues of House of Ten and Powers of Ten and issue one of X-Men number one, all prevalently featuring Charles Xavier... Just for you to kill him in, in some random ass book well, that and, no one and here's what cares I mean. doesn't about. death mean nothing. Well, well and that's that going to so. be my point. Is that why why are, are, does their uh, safety feel shattered if you can just go and hatch another Charles Xavier? But and, and that's irrelevant because that's a key story point, and they they make sure that you know it's a key story point by telling you what's happening in that other book. And I'm like, God damn it, Charles Xavier was central to uh, Powers of Ten, House of Ten, and X-Men number one. But you're going to make me go read X-Force number one to go see what the fuck happened to the central character of this goddamn book? So I'm just going to be very clear about this. Fuck you. I'm out. I'm not interested. Well, and here's the book. And here's the thing. That was frustrating enough. Uh But then we have this joyful family adventure with Cyclops, Rachel Gray, and uh, Cyclops... Which, you know, here's the thing. It wouldn't bug me if the dialogue wasn't so painfully bad. Because throughout the book, you know, the the conversations are, what's up, dad? Hello, father. Oh, dad. You know, like, like, I don't see um, Cable. Sorry, I I think I said the wrong name earlier. You said Cyclops twice. I said Cyclops twice. (laughs) Yeah, I don't see Cable, you know, calling Cyclops dad. Even de-aged Cable. You know, like they're they're not a joyful family unit um, that's just like on a fun family romp with these Cthulhu creatures. Um, this book sucked on top on top of the the anger that it, that um, the, the X Force thing caused well, me. I actually didn't. And care when did for the Cable? Issue. When did Cable become stupid? Yeah. Because he, he he provides the the alien bad person. With a, he goes here. Let me give you a gift, and he gives them a, sh- a thermal grenade. And the person punches the button on the thermal grenade and blows up. And he's like, "Oh, I, I just, I didn't realize that she'd do that." Yeah, I should have seen that coming. Yeah, like the character. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate I, that this book at least had some humor and stuff to it. But you know, you don't need to make your characters dumb to make the book uh-huh. funny, and that's essentially what he did. Yeah, but um, there, there, we did get one additional, you know, reveal about the Cyclops, Wolverine, Jean Grey situation. Yes, because uh, Cyclops is asked by, I'm just going to go ahead and refer to this person as the bad guy. Yeah, do you love someone? And Cyclops says, "Well, complicated question, but for the sake of expediency, let's just say yes. I love a single someone." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that made me chuckle. It's not enough to keep me in the book. And like you said, Paul, I'll probably come back and read this when it's on a dollar sale. Yeah. Because I think I, there's, I there's, so there's an element to the story that I'm interested in. I'm interested. It's Hickman. I'm interested in seeing where it's going. Yeah. But, like, I I don't care. I did not care for this issue. And, and it would be one thing if I just didn't care for an issue. I didn't enjoy every issue of Hickman's Fantastic Four or Avengers right. runs. Yeah. 
But, but I, you weren't I, enraged by it. I was, yeah, I wasn't enraged by it. And at least all I had to do was buy Avengers and New Avengers. They did, you know, I didn't pick up Avengers, and they're like, after Captain America's death in West Coast X Force number seven, you know, like in this, you know, basically forcing you to buy another book to understand the core story, like that. Right. That that's what frustrates me about this. So I'm 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 out because I don't I I I am not invested enough to purchase. At this point, one, two, three, four, five, six, six different books, and that's just Wave One. That's yeah. before you know Wolverine and and like Wave Two. So it would have to. It would be like twelve books, and I understand that not all twelve will be mandatory reading. However, I won't know until I miss something and then have to go back and purchase it. Right? Yeah, um, the mandatory one will be whichever one you don't buy. Yeah, exactly. Just like X Force. Like who who thought X Force? It would be yeah. where they kill Charles Xavier, especially since and and this is this just goes to show the nature of comic book storytelling, and un- unfortunately, this story specifically, Charles Xavier was assassinated, and I haven't seen a single story about it in the news or on comic sites. Yeah, like because but, no one cares. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm really disappointed. I was so happy to be back on you know, reading X-Men books. Yeah. I love these characters. Uh, and I'm really intrigued with what Jonathan Hickman was doing. But yeah, this just put me right over the edge. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So I'm out. So. I'm out on the X-Men. And you know what? It'll save me, you know, yeah, no, it's going to save eight, you whatever $12 a month. A month. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Paul, are there any good books coming out next week? Well, I'm going to start with a book that I think is good. Uh-huh. But you won't. Uh, <laughs> Spaceman number two? No. Volume two? <laughs> <laughs> He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. Uh, Issue one comes out next week with uh, written by Tim Seeley with pencils by, here's an old school name, Dan Fraga. I haven't heard that guy's name since the 90s. It's been a long time. Is this a DC Comics tie-in? Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, but it's, 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 um, Skeletor is, it's honestly, it's very similar to like an Infinite Crisis or something like that. Skeletor is going across the multiverse destroying castle grayskulls across the multiverse no Um, but you know so we get to see different interpretations of he-man throughout the years so like classic he-man versus the 90s he-man or 2000s he-man versus the new adventures of he-man so they're going to kind of go through the different iterations of he-man over the years and as someone who's been into he-man since it started i'm super excited about that actually seeing the different interpretations again so i'm going to be picking up he-man and the masters of the multiverse number one Mm-hmm. Um, for Marvel Comics, uh, hopefully Tim will join us next week because Absolute Carnage Issue 5. Oh, Wayne, you're reading this too, aren't you? Yes. Uh, so abs- fuck Tim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Absolute Carnage Issue 5 comes out next week. And for Marvel Comics, um, a big crossover, which, you know, since I'm saving some money on X-Men, I can probably pick up <laughs> 2099 Alpha from Nick Spencer and Victor Bogdanovic. I'm um, looking forward to this one. Yeah, which features, you know, the return of the 29 char- 2099 characters, I should say, including Doom and Spider-Man and Punisher and Hulk and um, the Fantastic Four uh, and, and Fantastic Four 2099 number one. I, I think they're having a bunch of like one shot tie ins uh, coming out um, also comes out next week. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, ooh, there's a there's a Conan 2099 book, too. That's intriguing. Um, mm. Written by Jerry Dugan. So uh, yeah, so I, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm mostly looking forward to, of course, Doom 2099 returning. 
Uh, but so there's going to be a 2099 alpha, then a series of one shots, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven one shots throughout the, the next few months, followed by a 2099 Omega, um, you know, in December. I, I'm really interested in, uh, picking up the old doom 2099s digitally and comiXology had a 2099 sale, but they excluded the doom books from that sale. Huh. So I'm hoping oh, that in December, yeah, it was very disappointing because I was like, I was like all on it because they've got they don't have the entire series out there, but they do have all of the. Uh, uh, oh gosh, who was it? Was it Garth Ennis who was writing that? I can't remember, but it was the, that that the big the 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 section towards the end, you know, like issue twenty and up. Uh, they've got out there. They've got a big collection of them. And I mean, I, I want them hard. It was Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It was Warren uh, Ellis. But yeah. I, the, the, those books are great. And I've got it in trade, but I really want it digitally so I can take take Doom everywhere with me. <laughs> so that and more next week. Um, and, and I'm very much looking forward to 2099 Alpha. I mean, I know it's yeah. it's silly, but no, no, you know, no, no. This is this is this is serious comic book stuff, Paul. Yes, it is. <laughs> Not like that X Men crap. No, nah, f f that. All right, guys. Well, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call and tell us what disappointed you this week in comics. Uh, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise and maybe get to join the uh, three-way with uh, Gene, uh, you know, Cyclops, and uh, Wolverine. Or Superman, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on um, Instagram and Facebook at Ideology Madness on Twitter. Excellent. Well, we will see you next week, guys. In 2099. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.